Welcome to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com, dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Serving leaders, managers, and people who will be, helping you reach excellence in your work and achieve your personal goals at the same time. Sign up for the free course at clearandopen.com. It says love thy neighbor as thyself. What that means is on some level of reality, there is no difference between the two of you. And that's what Jesus taught and, and many other spiritual teachers. He, they're saying experience the level of reality where there is no division and come from that place. Hi, it's Joseph, and thanks for tuning in to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com. I'd like to start the episode by going back to the question that started this series on hunger. Can we teach someone to be hungry? Can managers teach someone to want to be awake, to pursue excellence, to evolve, to learn, to grow? Not exactly. You can't make a horse drink water. However, you can make it as easy as possible for a horse to find water. You can help people navigate the competence paradox and realize that they are doing the best they can, at least today. And tomorrow, they can do a little bit better. So today, we're going to go through a crash course on managing evolution and inspiring your team. I offer weekly member webcasts, online courses, and mentorship at clearandopen.com because it's my truth that with the right tools, anyone can eliminate the people, money, and time problems holding them back in business. And I share parts of these webcasts and courses on this show because I want to help you too. If you're enjoying the show and learning from it, I'd love your feedback. If you're listening to the show on an Apple device, all you have to do is open the podcast app, view the full description of this episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review for the show. Thanks so much for listening. Let's start the show. So in flow, part of the dynamic is to surrender your personal hunger to something else, which like Deborah said, is a subtraction, subtractive mode. Um, What I've heard called the via negativa, the negative way, the deconstructive. You lose the the personal will, the the manifesting mind-based yang kind of uh, dynamic, and you don't get to know what it gets replaced with. Because if you got to know what it'd be replaced with, it wouldn't be deconstructive, now would it? It would be oh, I'm going to have this. That's Tony Robbins land. Try this frame. Again, not unuseful. So it's a good thing to, to know what phase you're at. You know, For someone who's uh, never experienced the joy and the satisfaction and the hard work of, I'm going to, here's my goal and I'm going to make it happen and nothing will get in my way. I would say, yeah, I want you to learn all of that kind of stuff project management and the time management and the managing people and all that stuff. And there could be, you know, it could be that in one domain of, of your life that's necessary now and always will be. You know. But know what phase you're at. If you've done that for a really long time and it's creating limited results, well then maybe that's a hunger you need to not hone, but surrender. I don't know. That would be the question. I get so much feedback from life. Literally every time I try to make something happen these days, doesn't work. 
It's life has been grinding me into a fine powder that way. If I try to manage people, like there's a guy painting the exterior of my house right now, and I've done such a great job with him after failing 50 times in the last couple of years, because I've learned if you force your will on people in this culture, they will act like crazy people. Doesn't work. So I give him a wide berth and he's doing a great job. Is it happening in the time frame that I wanted it to? No, <laughs> absolutely not. But where, you know, okay, what was my time frame? Because what? I mean, when the rains aren't, well, I would say winter is going to, doesn't come until really November, but we've had, uh, we had a hurricane already and got 20 inches of rain and we're getting a tropical storm tomorrow. It's going to rain five more inches. So who cares? You know, it's not really about the rain. And, and then there's that part of me again that's like, but I want it to happen the way I want it to happen. Yeah, sorry. Life isn't supporting that anymore. Joseph, this, this kind of brings into light as managers kind of learning the... I mean, do we as managers need to know the learning style and or, and or the, the working style of the employees in order to evolve them to where we want them to be? We need to be able to recognize that and, sure. and recognize... Recognize, um, I think you said uh, in the introductory to um, managing uh, self management that I didn't know I had to teach that. So, <laughs> at, what, at what point do you, I mean, shine the light on, oh, Eureka, this person may be at that the precipice of being able to learn something, but yet they don't know. And how do I recognize that I need to teach them that? Kind of that's what's swirling through my mind. I love the way that Angel put his analogy of, of becoming who he is with the prism ball, the, the disco prism ball. Nice. Because it seems like everything was hitting you at the same time. I love that angel, by the way. That, that's great. I'm going to steal great. that one. <laughs> but anyway, does, does that... You I, I, it's a great question, but I, I didn't... It need, I need a little bit more resolution on it. The question is, how do you know when they're ready to be pushed to the next level? So, something like that. So, uh, I mean, I understand that Ourselves as managers, we need to be, I mean, I feel like we should be at a level where we can recognize that. Mm-hmm. And there has to be signs. I mean, there's, there's certain people that, that you kind of just know. But uh, yeah, exactly. How do you... Well, one thing I would say is that the, the basic sort of ante, you know, like in poker, is you have to give them an experience that they're seen and gotten on a, on a deeper level than anybody's ever seen them. Which actually is not that difficult for most people, depending on who, who they have in their life and what they've done. But it's really not that difficult because most people don't see people. They, they, don't, they don't really look in a deep way. So this is the doing the best that they can dynamic. They need you to see that they're doing the best that they can 100%. And that means really getting who they are, what they've been through, what they're capable of, all of that. That's the ante. They have to, you have to experience that they experience a kind of like, oh, thanks for seeing me. In fact, you want to get them to say something like that. When they say things like, wow, no one's ever seen me this way, or you really get me, those kinds of things. If they haven't said something like that, then you have no jurisdiction to push them. And if you try, they'll resist. So that's the beginning. Once they give you that, then the question is not where do you want to get them to, 
It's where do they want to get them to? And then I'd say the third question is where do you want to get them to? And hopefully it has something to do with where they want to get themselves to. Meet them where they are. Elicit their hunger. That's the scratching thing. What would you do if you didn't have to work? And don't say travel. Right? That's one of my favorite questions to elicit hunger. What would you do if I gave you a billion dollars cash? And you can't say travel. Travel is a distraction. Or after the traveling. Fine, you can travel for a year. Then after that, what would you do? Right? You have to do something. You have to create some value in the world. Then I'll give you a billion dollars. What would you do? You find that hunger. Or maybe they don't care about that. It's like, who do you want to be? If you could be anybody, snap of fingers, who would that be? And you elicit that hunger. And I use the word elicit really intentionally because I don't think you can create it. And I think a lot of the problems with motivational speakers and techniques and whatever, I I like making the distinction between motivating and inspiring. Motivation I see as outside in. Whereas inspire literally means to breathe life into. It's the same um, spirate from uh, respiration, perspiration, so as an inside-out kind of thing. So um, inspire is to... It's a crazy thing when you think about it. You're taking stimulus from the outside that is eliciting something from the inside. right? So people say, how do I motivate my employees? It's a linguistic distinction in one way, but a lot of times they're they're coming from the who moves my cheese paradigm, you know, that book, where it's just like, how do I motivate my employees? How do I incentivize them with enough money? How do I get them to do what they don't want to do, but what I want them to do? How do I get them to do that? That creates mediocrity because you're only going to motivate people who are motivated by money or material or something. It's short lived, it's not inside out. And that's the problem with most um, mo- the way most managers operate. They have incentives and balls, all this outside-in stuff. And it can work. That's the problem. Because if it didn't work at all, no one would do it. But it works up to a point. But it doesn't create real engagement. And it, it also creates a, a, a plasticky kind of veneer. You know, you know, when you're talking to someone who's been motivated that way, where you're like, wow, this person's being a good employee with me, and I'm hating it. You know, you know they're reading the script and they're saying all the right things. And why do I feel like I want to take a shower? Right? It's because it's not authentic. It's it's not from the inside out. You're getting the veneer, and that that veneer is not going to go above and beyond, except if they, you know, in rare cases. And I know ten, fifteen percent of the time, a person can do that, but it's usually because they've sold out on themselves so much um, that. Uh, the authenticity doesn't really matter anymore. This is this is what I see in most real estate agents, by the way. You know that plasticky kind of feeling. So, <sighs> so it, it gets to the, you're speaking to the heart, like you you yeah. feel it there. Yeah, right? Angel, Angel, have you identified your one person yet? No. Something that I struggle with, and and, and Joseph and I have talked about it a lot, is the need to drive my point. And I find that I run into this problem a lot with managing because I'm also in such a hurry to get you there that I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever you just said, listen to me now. You shush, you shush your face now. Listen to the words coming out of my mouth. And so I actually, and I mentioned it to Joseph the other day on Slack. I've started reading this book by uh, Chris Voss. Have you heard of him? Never Split the Difference. Mm. 
this guy's a this guy was an FBI terrorist negotiator. Oh. And he and so he begs the question, what's the difference between negotiating with a terrorist and getting your employee to engage in the workplace in the way that you would like? You're just they trading. Both, they both really need to be listened to. Right. <laughs> so he 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 even like he talks about using true active listening and he talks about create using empathy as a tool to be honestly inquisitive and curious which is one of my main struggles and that that really put it in a box that i could understand cuz you know there was a line in the book where he's like you don't have to agree with them you just have to understand them yeah that really illuminated it for me because i'm sometimes i'm like listening to these people and I'm like, oh, what I want is to hit you with a stick and I can't. Yeah. To- now, let me use this as a, this is a great thing to bring up. I, I know we're at time here, but let me use this as a, a kind of a, a final final statement about this because uh, I love hostage negotiator stuff because they, they're brilliant people. When they do it well, you can tell, and it's portrayed a lot of times in TV and movies, when they do it well, you can tell that they're not making it up. That empathy is is real. There's a connection being made because when you look at it as like, okay, what about using empathy as a tool? That can go two different ways. You can use the appearance of empathy. Oh, I get what you mean. Yeah, I've been through stuff like that as well. When really your only motive is to manipulate them and to get them to do what you want. Or that can be coming from a real empathetic place, empathic place. And so I think sometimes about um, the, the Jesus quote, love thy neighbor as thyself. Now you can love thy neighbor as thyself from a willful mind state and say, you know, sort of like the golden rule, I'm going to treat them as I would, I would want to be treated. Love thy neighbor as thyself. But it doesn't say love thy neighbor as thyself because that's the best way to get what you want. It doesn't say love thy neighbor you know, so that you can manipulate them. It says, love thy neighbor as thyself. What that means is on some level of reality, there is no difference between the two of you. And so, and that's what Jesus taught. He, and, and many other spiritual teachers, he, they're, they're teaching, they're saying, experience the level of reality where there is no division and come from that place. But most of the people who are big fans of Jesus are not working on attaining the state of consciousness, duplicating Jesus' state of consciousness. Oh, how do I experience that there's no difference between me and that neighbor, me and that employee? Where's the level of essential ground of being where we're the same? And let me speak from that place to that place. That's the ultimate in connection. If you're not doing that, then it's just your ego mind trying to use the principle to get what you want. Your mileage will vary. You know, he, this guy, he, he mentioned the golden rule. And then he says, what if it were love thy neighbor the way they want to be loved or, you know, in the way they would like, so that you totally remove yourself from. Ah, that's cool. Yeah. That's another way in. As, and again, I would say, as long as that leads you to the experience, the direct experience that there's no difference between you and that other person, 
whatever tool technique leads you to that being place. Because without that, then it's just a doing. And you're only going to approximate the kind of results you're looking for. And you're not not living in the whole of reality. Because on one level of reality, the two of you are completely different. On another level of reality, the two of you are completely the same. So if you want to experience all of reality, you need to be able to do both. And there's a bunch of others too. So it goes back to what are you hungry for? What are you hungry for? Thanks for listening to Manage to Engage, the clear and open podcast. Join us next week when you'll be a little bit closer to who you're destined to be. Until then, know that Clear and Open is dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. If you want to help the show grow, I'd appreciate you leaving a rating and review on iTunes. All you have to do is open the Apple Podcasts app, view the full description of the episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review. Or you can go to clearandopen.com slash review, and it will bring you to the right place. If you're looking for more support on your journey, head over to clearandopen.com for even more tools, articles, and free resources. Thanks so much for listening. Bye for now.